hello everybody good to see you all this morning i hope i'll see your names right over on the side of this uh this uh computer uh, as we move along today and you sign in today's teaching is calling those things that are not as though they were and this is the second installment we'll probably have three or four or five of these because i'm just getting into this and it's just thrilling me and blessing me out of my socks you remember how we started now. I, I did something I'd never done before. Um, I, I bought a little book by Charles Caps. Yes, by Charles Caps, calling those things that are not as though they were. Just cost a few dollars, a couple of dollars. And I read it and it made so much sense at the very beginning. Before I even read anything, I read the introduction and and he, his daughter told the story of how that he had a bunch of bills on the table and, and he called his daughter into the kitchen and he said, daughter, watch now, you're, you're my witness for this. And he put his hands on all those bills and he, and he said, bills, listen to me. I command that you be paid in full. And he went on a, a little while and uh, then uh, uh, he, he had a piece of property that was surety for all those bills. So then he took his daughter in the car and they went to the property and he said, property, listen to me. And, and he made the declarations. And I said, you know, I, I'm going to try that. I've never tried that before. So I'm going to try it. So I did. And I just raised my hands right here in this chair and I pointed them just like I'm doing right now toward the south, toward the south. And uh, because I owned a property down in the south that I could not sell. It was a a, a large, beautiful church and uh, for a good bit of money. And it was beginning to drain me something badly. And so I said, property, listen to me. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, I declare you sold. And, and I, I was about 3.15 in the afternoon. And I, I took my wife uh, and uh, I took her for a nap. She went and took, took a nap about 3.30. I stayed with her until then. Came back down to my office here, sat down in this chair where I am right now, and went to study and praying and forgot all about everything uh, except studying. And then the phone rang at 4.15, one hour. And my realtor was on the other end, said, I've got good news for you. Your property just sold. Oh, my goodness. So I said, I'm going to study that a little bit more. And I got into that thing and I have not yet come out the other end and I'm working on it. And I want to share some of that with you. So first Corinthians 1, 26, 27, 28 is where we began. He's talking to the Corinthians, you know, this motley group of charismatic Christians in Corinth that had such a gross background had come out of every kind of stuff. And he said, you see your calling, brethren. Not many wise, not many uh, mighty, and not many noble were called. But instead, he said, God has chosen the foolish in the eyes of the world. Not, not essentially foolish, but in the eyes of the world, foolish. Don't they call us fools? To believe in something we cannot see, touch, taste, smell, and hear? Of course they do. Number two, weak, weak, you're weak because you don't put emphasis on acquisition. And number three, base, that means not high born, 
that that's the word eugenics not 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 high born uh, but anybody and everybody can come it's not exclusively those that are born into it and and then he makes a, a summarizing statement at the end of verse uh, 26 and 27 he says and and the beginning of 28 he says and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. Now, here's the principle. Here's the principle. And three times in this little passage, he says, and God chose. Uh, God chose the, the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. What a principle that is. We need to get hold of that principle. And as I'm getting more and more hold of that principle, I'm seeing the real depth of this text. Now, the word God chose, ex elexato, ex, E-X, E-L-E-C, see there, elect, out, ex out, elect out. God has elected out. And by the way, I looked at it, it's an aorist middle, and it means that he did it one time, he did it by himself, it's a middle, middle action on and to and for yourself, and that settles it. That means he's going to do that, do things that way from now on. Says it three times. I chose, I chose, I chose what? To operate through the foolish, the weak, and the base, to bring to nothing the things that are. Now watch this, watch this. Um, I, I want you to put your hand over on 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in your Bible, if you will, because I want, I want, to, I want to teach you this. And the last thing about 1 Corinthians 1, 26, 27, 28 is this. I want to say this. Why did God do it this way? So that no flesh could glory in his face that's what in his presence means <laughs> in that passage in his face god doesn't want flesh glorying in his face and in his presence oh god help us to always walk softly humbly reverently in your presence now, last time I also made this statement, and then I want to get into what I, where I left off last time. I made this statement, as long as I can see it, I can change it. As long as I can see it, I can change it. And that, that brings me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And this is what I want you to look at. First of all, verse 13. Now we did touch on this, but we didn't get to that great verse 18, which is where we're headed. 13, Paul says to the Corinthians, he says, and since we have this same spirit of faith, faith is a spirit. It's an attitude. It's, a, it's an acknowledgement. It is, it is what you walk in. It's how you conduct your life. Faith is a spirit. 
according to what is written. We have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. And here's what was written. I believed, therefore I spoke. Now that's a direct quote from Psalm 116, verse 10. David is in a deep trouble and he's crying out to God. And he said, I believed, therefore I spoke. He didn't see, he didn't, he didn't speak in terms of what he saw. He spoke in terms of what he believed. Paul says, we also believe and therefore speak. Now watch this because it ties in so with 1 Corinthians 1, 26, 27, and 28. God has chosen the weak things of the world so that no flesh may glory in his presence. Now he says in 2 Corinthians 4, we believe and therefore we speak. What? Come on over to verse 18 now. And let's see if we can make this jump without running uh, through those other verses. Here's what he says. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Uh, th this is a very misunderstood passage of scripture, and I want us to see it clearly today. We don't get any further than this verse today. That'll be beautiful for me. Here's what I want us to see. Verse 18 says, we do not look at, look at. Notice it didn't say seen, see, it says look at. Now that's the Greek word skopeo, skopeo, S-K-O, P-E-O, scopeo. I want, I want you to see something now. I want you to see something. Here is this word, uh, scopeo. See if we can get real good look at it. Um, it's right here, scopeo. And you see the word scope in it, don't you? I see it there, scope. Scope, it means to scope out, like to focus on, to shoot, to give undivided attention to that's what it means to scope something uh, is to put your focus on it and not anything in the periphery while we look at things not seen <laughs> he says don't look at don't scope at things seen your problems your sickness your need, but look at the things not seen, the things you cannot see. For the things that you can see, he says, are temporary. Now we dealt with that last time a little bit because, and that's where we got sort of hung up and didn't, didn't finish our, our study. <laughs> And that word temporary is, is proskairos. Now, we all know the word kairos, don't we? 
It's God's moment. It's God's time. It's the the time in which heaven intersects earth when things happen of eternal value, as opposed to chronos, which is horizontal time. Kairos is vertical time intersecting chronos, chronology. All right, all right. Now, when you say proskairos, the word pros means before or at the front door or on the other side of the door. Like profanum, profane. Fanum is a word for temple. Pro means outside the temple. Not worthy of coming into the presence of God because of sin. There's that word profane, you understand. So this word proskairos means that the things that are seen can't get into your time zone. They don't dwell in the eternal time zone like you do. So look at the things not seen that are dwelling in the eternal time zone with you. Now, as long as you dwell in the chronological time zone and you do not have a chirological time zone, then you are stuck with what is. And you're going to have to work your way out of it scientifically, psychologically, sociologically, as best you can. But if you are a believer, and if you have eternity in your heart, if you have met the Lord Jesus and he lives inside of you, then the deep that's in you can call to the deep that is all around the things that are, like the angel hosts around Gehazi, Elisha's servant, who could not see them, but Elisha could see them. He could see the things that were not. And so he said, God opened his eyes so that he can see, and he saw the angelic hosts everywhere. And then one angel took care of 85,000 Assyrian armed soldiers. See, this is the background of this passage. Paul said, don't, don't look at, don't focus on the things that you blepo. See, scopeo is the, the seeing that we do with our hearts, the seeing that we do with our faith. Blepo is the seeing that we do with our eyes. He says, so don't scope in on what you blepo, <laughs> what you see with your eyes, but rather scope in on what you can't see with your eyes, but you can see with your heart and with your spirit. Now, that, that word proskairos leads naturally to the other word. For the things that are seen are outside our zone, our faith zone. But the things that are not seen, he says, uh, I believe the King James and most of the translations say eternal. I want to I want to show you that word 
will you will you let me just show you that word for a moment here before we come back to a general principle here and one of them the first word is p r o s kairos k a i r o s now that then is is the word temporary or outside or in front of our kairos zone our kairos time in god the other word for eternal watch this now watch this now it 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 is eternal because it's there it's always there but i don't believe that's what it means in this verse here's the word it's a i o n a s ionos you see the word age in there here's what paul is saying he's saying now the things that you can see uh, they have a life cycle they have a shelf time they're going to come and they're going to go but the things that you can't see he says they are ageless timeless they will be with you for eternity another translation of ionos is fitting and right things that you see might be destructive you know people that read romans just in the english all things work together for good miss the whole meaning of the passage things don't work together for good god causes all things to work together for good in all things god works for good in spite of all things god works for good to those who love him and are the called according to his purpose you see because the things that we cannot see are ageless and timeless and applicable and fitting and right and good for us so god says look at those things don't look at the things that are troublesome my church in alma was causing me anxiety and i knew that was sin i knew that was wrong and when i got that little word from from caps <laughs> that was enough to spark me and i threw up my hands and i said in the name of jesus i call you soul you have some issues in your life you have some problems in your life remember they're pros kairos they're there to torment you they're there to turn you away from the things eternal ageless timeless fitting right good in alignment <laughs> now i want to share this with you as i have pondered this and thought this excuse me for looking away but i don't want to keep you forever and i'm about half through here and our time is about half gone but i've been thinking cogitating praying about this and uh, i came up with uh, some thoughts here and um, here, if 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 we can, let's get let's get at this. There are two kinds of being. There is 
being is a Greek word antos, and it's things you can't see. For example, energy. You can't see energy, but you know it's there. It, it has being. It turns everything in the world. Energy. Energy. Uh, life. You can't see it. You can see expressions of it in people and places, things, animals, plants, and so on. But you can't see life. But life is what makes those things that you can see exist. How about beauty? It's everywhere. In everything. If it's in alignment, it's beautiful. But you you may see brokenness everywhere. But the capability for alignment and beauty is in everything. What about God? You can't see God. But you know he's there. Now, what is the difference then in being that we ought to scopeo, focus on? And existence, that's the Greek word amy. This is the Greek word antas. This is the Greek word amy. Now, we can see the things that are, that is, that exist. Latin existere, existere, exist. Now, what is the principle that God is teaching us in the, this great passage, calling those things that are not? as though they were. He says, you have this quality of eternity inside of you. God lives in you. You have the Holy Ghost inside of you. You have the Spirit of God inside of you. And through the Spirit of God, you can call into existence, into sight, into physical, social reality, things that are not. Now, they're there. They're there. The greatest example of this is God himself. God himself. Look. God is one. God is one being in three persons, persona, existences, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But God is one. He's one essence, one antas, one being in three existences, expressions. <laughs> There's our principle. I don't know. I'm going to stop here. Um, do you live in terms of the timeless and the ageless? Or do you live in terms of the what you can see? I think that's the big question. I know it's a big question for me in my life. I really want to begin to live my life calling those things that are not as though they are.
I want to be able to see and say and seize and sow and savor what God has in store for me as his son and his child in this age. I want that for you too. So I want you to do something with me. Just focus with me, if you will. Not on the things that you blepo, not on the things you see, but on the things that you scopeo, you scope. Point your heart, point your mind, point your spirit to the answer to your issue, to the solution to your problem. Think about it. Now, look at me. Don't don't curse the problem. Don't say, I rebuke you, pain, or I rebuke you, poverty, in the name. No, 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 no. When God created the heavens and the earth, it was perfect. God doesn't make junk. But verse 2 of Genesis 1 says, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Wow. What happened? Something happened. Well, we know from Isaiah and the prophets what happened. The devil tore it up, made it his own. Did God curse the darkness? Did God say, darkness, I curse you? No, 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 no. He simply said, light be. He called those things which did not exist into existence. He called them out of being, eternal being, ageless being, timeless being, fitting, perfect, into existence to bring to zero the chaos that was there. God can do that for you. God can do that for me. We don't need to curse our darkness. What we need to do is to call the light. It's in us. We're in it. He's everywhere. Some, some folks think that existence is one time zone and being eternity is another time zone and that both of them are here all time with us. I don't know about that. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a biblical scholar, teacher, thinker, believer. I'm saying to you that I believe that God has waiting whatever I need to overcome the issues that I now face in my existence. My being is greater than my existence. I will scope the answer. And allow it to come and replace the problem. I want you to do that today. I'm going to finish up with a little prayer. And I'm going to invite you to come back now because 
look, this is a fantastic study and I'm just scratching around the front door trying to get in. And what we'll do on Thursday, 10.30, I'll be here Thursday. Is that right? Uh, I'll, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 10.30 till 11. I would love you to be here and I will be here with you. Thomas will bless me. Uh, I'm in Georgia. He's in Arkansas. He's doing all the, all the things that are needed to be done. And, and, I'm, uh, and I'm just doing my teaching and I love it. Now I want to show you the greatest illustration of this that's in the Bible, probably in the world, uh, when we come back next time, okay? But the example of it is overwhelming and yet within reach of all of us. God bless you. I love you, Father. Take this truth now today that you have put into my spirit and just drop it into the hearts and spirits and lives of those who are with me. Bless them, I pray. I call those things that are not manifest yet into their lives to bring to naught chaotic things that may be manifesting. And I call them blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Bye-bye.